This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church. This January the 30th, 2022, with our guest speaker, Reverend Jeff Smith. Bringing the message, we'll start off with the praise team and Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church Choir. They'll start off singing Waymaker.
what a wonderful time it will be when Jesus comes again. Hallelujah. What a wonderful song. Praise God. It is a blessing having our choir back, David, and I thank you. I thank all the choir members. Uh, it is great. It's uh, wonderful. As we continue our service this morning, it's the time when uh, I introduce Brother Jeff again, Pastor, Reverend, all those good things. Jeff, if you would come forward, and it's uh, your time, brother, to speak the word and let God lead you in the direction. It is good to be with you, um, finally. <laughs> uh, I was looking at my notes and I have, um, I wrote the, the date for the sermon and I have Pine Level, January 16th, and I marked that out, and I have the 23rd and marked that out, and now I have the 30th, <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> I told, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I told Brother Perry, I said, uh, if you want snow, just call me. I'll fill in. We'll cancel church. We'll have snow. I'm afraid I'm the snow guy, and um, I would never be invited back if it had been snow this weekend and you had to cancel again. But it is an honor to be here this morning, and an honor that I don't take lightly to uh, fill anyone's pulpit. This is um, a high honor uh, for me. Thank you for. Uh, being here this morning, I'm so glad that you are here. It's always awkward as a speaker if no one shows up, but maybe your family and uh, that becomes an, an awkward situation, but uh, we thank you for, for being here. And the music was wonderful, the choir uh, was wonderful. And, and let me just tell you and encourage you, uh, I've seen a lot of choirs, and but I've not seen so many that have so many young people in the choir. And I appreciate that. That's... That is a sign of, uh, of health. That is a, a good sign for the church to have uh, students in the choir. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, uh, we're, like I said, we're uh, great to be here. Um, have some family with me, my wife Rhonda, my daughter Hannah. Uh, my other daughter Rachel could not be with us this morning. She had some other um, obligation uh, to take care of. Hannah is an English teacher at Mount Olive, and we were just um, uh, tickled that she would come home for the weekend and be with us. My uh, youngest is uh, in cosmetology school, and uh, she's asked me, she said, Dad, you're going to let me cut your hair? Uh, this is her first week, by the way. And I said, well, I guess so. So I talked to my barber. He said, let her cut it. I'll fix it. <laughs> so uh, I do want to be an encouragement uh, to you this morning. We also have friends with us, Keith and Susan. Uh, came down to be with us this morning. I want to be an encouragement to you this morning. And I had in my notes to uh, mention Happy New Year, but it's getting close to the end of January. So I Googled it. When is it not appropriate to say Happy New Year? And it's most appropriate on January 1st, but they said it's okay throughout the whole month of January. So Happy New Year. And how are your New Year's resolutions going? <laughs> That's when everybody looks down and says, mm, you know. Um, I call mine adjustments. Um, I take New Year's resolutions from years gone by, just change the date, make adjustments, and then um, about now I file them and think I'll get those back out um, next year and uh, work on them again and have more adjustments. Uh, but this morning I want to talk to you about good news in challenging times 
with joy. And that with joy is important. Good news in challenging times. Do you like, do you like good news? Don't you love it when, when you get good news? Uh, especially after the last two years that we've had. <laughs> uh, good news uh, is, is sometimes hard to come by. And then canceling church two weeks in a row and not being with church family. And I'll just tell you, every once in a while, uh, growing up, I would, it would snow. And I'd think, oh. Miss church, have a snow day. And every once in a while, it's kind of nice just to shut everything down. We put on soup. We put on some movies, and we just take a break. It's God's way of saying, here's some snow. It's pretty. Stay in. Take a break. But then two weeks, and it begins to drag. I think, no, I'm ready to be back with our people. So good news that we can be here. I love good news. I work part-time at a cabinet shop, and uh, my boss is here with me, so got to be careful what I say, but uh, we build some heavy cabinets, and some days, I, I love the good news of when I'm building cabinets, and I get a call that says, hey, Jeff, we need you to uh, take some door fronts to a job about an hour away. I'm like, yes, good news, because I don't have to make the heavy cabinets. I get to just drive around in the pickup truck and go make a delivery. That's good news, and maybe for some of you, it's you're working on a, on a difficult task, and someone stops by and says, hey, let me help you with that task, and that's good news. Uh, maybe it's during final exams and, and you're stressing over what's going to be on the exam and your teacher says, you know what, we're going to cancel that exam this year. Good news. Or maybe you're up against the clock at work and your boss gives you some unexpected, an unexpected extension. Or maybe this snow time and you're expected to go to school and they cancel. Good news. Or maybe the good news of, did you know that Christmas is in 329 days. Somebody needed to hear that. <laughs> I've only been booed twice in church. Once was right after Christmas. I announced that Christmas was in like 360 days, and people kind of booed a little bit. But it's coming, and you'll be surprised how quickly to be here. This morning, I want to read to you a passage from Jeremiah chapter 31. So you can, uh, if you're reading along, you can uh, get your Bibles out. Jeremiah 31, the first 14 verses, but we're going to read it as we go along. Uh, through the message. Uh, first, a little bit of backstory about the message. Uh, Jeremiah is a prophet with a difficult task. He is to deliver some bad news. If you read straight through Jeremiah, there's some bad news in Jeremiah. Jeremiah gives warnings to the nation of Judah uh, from chapters 2 to 35. So you're reading along and there's bad news and there's bad news and there's going to be judgment and there's bad news, and there's bad news. Jeremiah talks about a great drought that's coming. Jeremiah condemns the kings and the prophets and the, and the people in chapters 21 through 24. He foretells about the Babylonian exile in chapters 25 through 29. He shares about the fall of Jerusalem and its aftermath in, in chapters 39 through 45. And finally, he gives God's judgment to all the nations in 46 and 50. Through 51, And the whole time, it just seems like this oppressing bad news. In fact, we call Jeremiah the weeping prophet. He wept during uh, his telling of, of, this, of this bad news. But in chapter 31, there's some good news. You ever have one of those days, it just seems like it's just bad news, bad news, bad news. And then there's a bright spot. Maybe it's a long week, and then you find out something good is happening on the weekend. 
Even as Israel is in captivity in a foreign land, the prophet Jeremiah writes about a new beginning, kind of like a new year. New years, we, we, we think about the newness of the year. We make plans and we make resolutions and we buy new stuff and everything just has that, that newness to it. And it's a day when God will restore and renew his people and give them a fresh start. Despite what they've done, despite the things that, that he's had to judge them for, he says that he's going to restore his people and it will be a joyful new beginning. So what about us? We could use a new beginning every once in a while. The, the first day of school is a new beginning. I, I let, had one teacher that came in and she said, okay, right now everybody has an A. I was like, that's not gonna last long. But it's a new beginning, like new stuff. And you can have a new beginning as well. And I found some, some uh, things about a, about this new start, and we'll start with verse, uh, verse 1 and read 1 through 6 in Jeremiah chapter 31. It says, At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the clans of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for, for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Verse 4, again, I will build you. You shall be built. O virgin Israel, again, you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samurai. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there will be a day when watchmen will call in the hill country of Ephraim, arise and let's go up to Zion to the Lord our God. So we start these new, this new beginning. New, it starts with a new promise. It starts with promises. And these are promises that God makes. Listen to the wording. I will. They shall. I have. There shall be. These are terms of promises. They're not maybe or later down the road, we'll see. You ever tell your kids, they ask you, hey, can we get ice cream? You say, we'll see. We tell our girls that, and they say, we know what we'll see means. It means no, but later. <laughs> it's, a, it's a postponed no. He doesn't say it might happen. One of my least favorite words is when somebody goes, well, it should work. Right? You, you ask about something, they say, well, well, that should work. What it means is you really don't know. And really, it's doubtful. And in my mind, I'm thinking, it's not going to work. Because if it was going to work, you would have said, this will work. It would have been a promise. And God doesn't say, at, at this time, it should work out for you. I should be there for you. I most likely will keep these promises. He talks about everlasting love. You know how long everlasting love lasts? Ever. Ever. Lasting, It doesn't stop. He says, I have continued my faithfulness to you. God still loved them with an everlasting love. People will let you down. And sometimes they don't mean to. They, they really want to. Had a, uh, our car was in the shop. Had a friend was working on it. And he said, I can get it done today. And I called him and he said, Jeff, I am so sorry. But it's going to be tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I said, it's okay. We've worked it out. We're in good shape. So in a sense, he sort of let me down. He didn't mean to. He didn't intend to. But God will never let you down. 
I read a story, it's back from 1989, there was a 8.2 earthquake that almost flattened Armenia, killing 30,000 people in four minutes. There was a dad who uh, had sent his son to school, and he hugged him, and he kissed him, and he sent him to school, and um, he said, I'll always take care of you. And, and when the, the uh, earthquake hit, uh, the school was leveled. And the dad, when he finally got to the school, he began to dig through the rubble. And he dug and he dug. And they said, there's, there's no hope. And he dug and he dug. And the story goes that he dug for 38 hours. He dug through that rubble. And then he heard his son's voice. And when he got him out, the son said this. He said, Dad, I told them. I told the other kids that if you were still alive, you would save me because you promised you'd always be here for me. And you did it, Dad. 38 hours he dug through the rubble. And that's God. 38 hours, 38 days, 38 months, 38 years. He digs through the rubble of our life and digs and digs until we see him. And he does it. He keeps his promises. One of the themes that, that seems to reoccur through teaching and, and preaching is that God, we can't make God love us anymore. That little boy couldn't have made his dad love him anymore or make him love him any less. Dad was going to love him no matter what. And God loves us no matter where we are. He simply loves us. Think about this story in, in, in Jeremiah. It's all these things that Israel had turned against God and, 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 and served other gods. And yet God said, I have loved you with an everlasting gut love. It's not dependent on us. It's dependent on him and he never changes. So we start here if we're looking for a new beginning. We start here if we're looking for good news. We start here with God's promises, knowing that he loves us. Knowing that there's a fresh start available in him. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He loves us so much that we have Christmas where he sent his son to grow up as a man so that we could see him. Loves us so much that he brought Easter. God's redeeming us from sin. It's nothing that we accomplish. It's what he accomplishes. And then number two, a new beginning. This new beginning produces praise. When we see God's promises and, and, and we see his faithfulness and we see his everlasting love, we begin to praise. Verses 7 through 9 says, For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob. Arise, shouts for, uh, uh, and arise, shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman, and she who is in labor, together a great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come. With pleas of mercy, I will lead them back. And they, and I will make them walk by brooks of water in the straight path which they shall not stumble. For I am the father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. It produces praise. And who's coming home? He didn't say, I'm going to look through the land, and I'm going to find the strong, and I'm going to find the brightest, 
And I'm going to find the ones that can come back and restore the temple. I'm going to find the ones that, that, can, that can do the most good. He says, no, I'm going to bring everyone, anyone that's willing to come, even the weakest, the most vulnerable. He says, the blind, the lame, those who are having children and are about to have children. I want to bring everyone back. I want to bring those back with issues. <laughs> In youth group, we used to um, say, you got issues, you need tissues. <laughs> If, if you've got issues, if you've got, faith, if you've got struggles, God says, I want you. Say, but, but God, you don't understand. Do you, you know what I'm going through? It doesn't matter. I want you. Aren't you glad that he welcomes us no matter what? He doesn't size us up to see if we want to be on his team. You, ever, uh, you remember uh, in school, it's PE time, and they get the two popular kids and they line them up, and they start picking teams. They say, I don't want you on my team, and I want you. And, go, and you're just waiting. You just don't want to be last, right? <laughs> you don't want to be, you know, well, I tell you what, you take him, and we'll call it even. <laughs> uh, but God says, I want you, and I want you first because he loves us. And if you read through the Gospels, you see this in Jesus. Jesus, the great I am, right? I mean, it's God's son. It's God incarnate. And he, who does he spend time with? Listen to the stories. It's the woman at the well. It's a woman caught in adultery. He could be anywhere else, but he spends time with her. Feeding 5,000 hungry people with a bag lunch. He could have been anywhere else. He could have left. He could have preached and said, you know, I'm gone. Take me away. Let's go get something to eat. He says, no, I want to stay with the hungry people. Zacchaeus, healing the blind, the crippled, the deaf, the lepers. What do these stories have in common? <laughs> he was around the people who were not perfect. He was around the people that, that struggled. He was around the people with issues. And that's who he wanted to be with. They were all welcomed and loved by Christ. And what was the result of all of this? Israel's salvation was praise. They have all this bad news. And, and I don't know what you've heard this week. I don't know. Uh, I get to work. I just don't even want to listen to the news. I mean, it, it comes on. and No, not today. I don't know what you've heard in your personal life or in, in, in your town or uh, any kind of news. But when you hear the promises of God, it should result in praise. It says they would sing aloud with gladness. They would raise shouts. They would give praise. They would celebrate not because of something that they had done. It wasn't that they had brought themselves out of captivity. They saw what God was going to do, and that elicit praise. And repentance always precedes praise. In verse 9, we have that phrase, please, please of mercy. Not, not please like please and thank you, but a plea of mercy. That they cried out for mercy. Israel was to know what great kindness was from God, not based on political power or military might, but based on a covenant relationship with God, that he wanted to be in a relationship with them, that they would be renewed, revived, restored, redeemed, again, not because of what they had done, but solely because of God's promises. So if we want a new beginning in God, in a new beginning, it has to be with repentance, Repentance is godly sorrow for sin and a willingness to allow God to turn your life in a new direction. 
To repent literally means to change directions. When you're driving down the road and, you, and, you, and you're using the GPS and it used to say recalculating, remember that? You, you, you've made a wrong turn. You don't keep going in that direction. To repent means I'm going in the wrong direction and I must turn around and go in a different direction. It's a clean heart. It's, it's David in Psalm 51 that says, Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Renewal. When we realize that we're right with God, we can't help but worship him. Have you ever been on the outs with someone? I mean, you just, you've had a disagreement, you've had a misunderstanding, and when you see them coming in, you just kind of want to go a different direction. You really don't want to hang out with them. When it's time to, to sit down and eat and there's two places left and you look and you go, I'll sit over here. You don't really want to be around them. But when things get back together, right, when, when you work things out and you and your best friend are on terms again, and then you see them coming down the road, you see them coming in the church, what do you do? You, you reach out and you hug and you embrace. When we're right with God, it leads to worship. It's so much easier to worship when we're in a right relationship with God. Sometimes we come to church and we say, you know, worship was, was kind of difficult. And I would say, well, what's going on in your life? Because nothing has changed with God. What's going on? Well, God and I are kind of, well, when you get your relationship with God just right, it leads to worship. And then number three, I've only got 15 since I didn't preach the last two weeks. I'm just kidding. There's not. Some people are, oh, I got to go. So a new beginning is based on grace. It's God's promises. It leads to praise. And, but it's based on grace. Verses 10 and 11 says, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it to the coast, coastlands far away. And say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob. And redeemed him from hands too strong for him. It's by God's own plan and his power that he accomplishes this, not our efforts. Ransom and redeemed. They're two words. They're very similar and they're very important. Ransom literally means to buy back. It involves paying a price. It, it's, it's, it's more than just um, canceling a debt. It, it's not that we owe something and God cancels that debt. He Pays the price. To ransom is to buy back. God is willing to pay the price to ransom us back. To redeem is an act of deliverance. It's purchasing freedom. It's, it's redeeming something. It's saying, this was mine and now it's not, but I'm going to redeem it and get it back. For you and I, just as God was willing to ransom and redeem Israel, so he offers the same deliverance to us. God wants us to be part of his family based on Christ's death on the cross. The story of redemption and ransom runs through the Bible like a red ribbon. There's, in the Old Testament, it was sacrifices, and it was the prophets, and it was calling people back. And then the New Testament, it's the cross. It's Easter. I read a story about Harry Houdini, and he... Um, he was going to break out of a jail cell, and so uh, it was going to be one of, his, one of his big tricks, and they were going to lock him in a jail cell, and, and then he was going to, uh, they were going to leave, and then he was going to break himself out, and he, um, he had a little uh, pen 
tucked in his belt and he pulled that out and he's working the lock and he's working it and he's working he's listening to the tumblers and nothing is happening for two hours he did it for three hours he did it and finally he gave up he says the only time I've never been able to break out and exasperation he fell to the ground and leaned on the door and it opened it had never been locked he said later, every time he did a trick, he would always just check the lock just to see. It had never been locked. You see, he couldn't get out. We can't ransom ourselves. We can't get rid of this sin in our hearts. But God can. And then lastly, a new beginning results in joy. We have these promises. We have this Redemption. We have the salvation from God. And then what happens? We have joy. Uh, 12 through 14 says, They shall come and sing aloud on, on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over and over grain, the wine and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then Shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry, and I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them. I will give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. Sounds like joy. They've been freed and restored from their and restored to their homeland with joy. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasures forevermore." Psalm 30 verse 5 says, "For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but Joy comes in the morning. In the New Testament, in John 15, 11, says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I like the way Paul writes and he repeats something. Because sometimes, some of us need to be, need stuff repeated, right? Especially us men. Our wives tell us something, and they say, and again I say, clean out the garage. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, which would be good enough. And he says, but again I say, rejoice. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, he says, a thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. There's that bondage and separation. He says, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Sounds like joy, doesn't it? Life Abundantly sounds like joy. Through a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can experience that joy. So what's our response to the message? We believe God's promises, that he loves us no matter what. I don't know where you are this morning in your relationship with Christ, but just let me tell you that whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, God loves you. I was at the altar service uh, one time at camp. I was praying for students, and I just felt like telling a student, God loves you. And I thought, well, God doesn't, shouldn't she know that? <laughs> right? I mean, here we are at youth camp. She ought to know. 
and I just couldn't get away from it. I, I went away, I came back, and I said, I, I just, God loves you. Okay. I said, I don't think you understand. God loves you as though if you were the only person ever. And she began to weep. I said, do you know God loves you? I don't think God could really love me. And so we began to talk and, and pray together. So I just want to tell you that God loves you. Let your repentance lead to praise. Understand that God's grace is based only on him, not anything we could ever do. And then let it bring joy. I know you're looking for a pastor and it puts you in an awkward situation, but have hope and have joy. Come to church expecting to hear from God. Come to church expecting joy. This is a message of hope and, and, and encouragement. You, we need to be renewed. We need to have a fresh start. Reminded of God's promises. Repent and become so that we can fully praise. I'm ask Brother Keith if he'll come and, and play. And I want you to, uh, I'm going to read this Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. I read this and I thought, this sounds like today. Though the fig tree should be not Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off, and the, cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Sounds like bad news, doesn't it? Yet, I love words like that in the Bible, yet, or but, or therefore. This says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength, and he makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Yet, I will rejoice. This morning, I wonder if where you are in your relationship with God. If you come to church and it's it's sometimes a drudgery. When we're not in a right place with God, it's kind of a drudgery to come to church because we know we're going to sing praises to a God we're not in a right relationship with. We're, we're going to hear God's word and it's going to step on our toes. And we just can't wait to get out. I remember going to church as a, as a, a student and if I wasn't right with God, I couldn't wait for amen and you're dismissed <laughs> so I could get out. But when I'm in a right relationship with God, I can't wait to get in. And I don't want it to be over. I wonder if you're here and you just need a fresh start. Maybe you just need a fresh dose of joy. It's been a difficult couple of years. It's been a difficult couple of weeks. For some of us, it may have been a difficult couple of hours before church. I've had those, getting ready for church and nothing goes right and the kids won't get ready and, and you burnt your breakfast and your tire won't match and you just think it just won't work out and you just can't wait till the day to be over. I want you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes for just a moment and I want to ask you if there's anyone here that doesn't have a right relationship with God. You say, Jeff, I, I may have gone to church my whole life but I've never asked Christ to be my Savior. I, I've, I've, I'm not redeemed. <laughs> I'm not renewed. 
I don't have that kind of joy. I want that. I've seen that, but I don't have it. If you've not asked Christ to be your Savior, would you just look up, wave at me, let me catch your eye. If that's you, we just lift up your hand? I want to ask Christ to be my Savior this morning. I'm not going to drag this out a super long time. I want to give you an opportunity if God's working on your heart. Then I want to ask you this. It's still January. We're still happy new yearing. Maybe you need a fresh start. Maybe you've had some bad news and you, you want to say, God, I believe your promises. <laughs> I believe that, that you are a good God who loves his people, that you love me everlasting. No matter what's going on politically, no matter what's going on with the weather, no matter what's going on in my school, no matter what's going on in my job, you love me everlasting. I repent of anything that I've done wrong, but I need that joy. If that's you, I'm not sure how you close your services, but I just want to give you an opportunity just to come to the front. If that's you and you just, I just need some joy. I believe, God, your promises. And I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to receive that joy. I'm going to praise you. Will you just come? Will you just come? We're just going to pray for just a few minutes. I, we won't draw this out any longer than we need to. If that's you, I just, I just feel like there's some of you here that just, you just need some joy. You've heard some bad news. You've been reminded that God is good and faithful. And can I tell you, I was praying this morning and I wrote it in my, I wrote it in my notes that I was thinking about God loves you and I was praying about this church and I just want to tell you that God sees you. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows where you are. Whatever you're struggling with, even as a church body, God says, I see you. Oh, Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this whole book of Jeremiah. Lord, that this whole book of, of so much doom and gloom for Israel because of the way they treated you. But this nugget of hope in chapter 31 where you are going to renew them, that you redeemed them, that you brought them joy. And so, Lord, we're believing that this morning for Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church that you have promised to love this church with an everlasting love, that you have promised to be faithful to this church, and not because of anything they've done, not because of how much they've given to missions, not because of how beautiful their church is, not because of anything they've done, but simply because you love them. And Lord, let that call them to praise you let that call them to give to you. Let that call them to be a light to this community. Let that call them to serve you more. Not so that you'll love them more, but because they can't help themselves because of how much you love them. And then, Lord, give us this dose of joy that you talk about. 
this joy that's unspeakable, this joy that we can't explain, that on Monday when we go to work, when we go to school, and they hear bad news, that we're still full of this joy. watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Ordinance Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page, that's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.